Hello and welcome to episode four of the newly named Jake and Sean podcast. It's a new year, new name, new pod. Are you guys ready for the name, Jake? They've already seen it. You're right. They did. They and they clicked on the link. Damn it. You're right. Well, anyways, it's the Listen In podcast featuring Jake and Sean. Jake, explain to everybody the reasoning behind Listen In as a name. Because on the surface, I think it sounds like too easy, too on the nose for a music podcast. But it kind of explained the, the backstory of this. Well, So the meaning is two-pronged. One, in our many uh, musical discussions we've had in the years uh, since we became friends, we would always discuss how many listens we got in on a certain album. So we'd get, did you get a listen in is a common phrase type of thing. I got three listens in today on, uh, on Toy Boat, the album. Um, another is like you can listen in on a conversation. So, you know, it's a, it's a double entendre, a pun, if yeah. you will. You know, you're listening in to us talking, yep. us rambling. And we got some listens in. We got some listens in on the things you're listening in about. So right. it works on a couple different levels. It's not as basic as, as a name as you think it is. No, it's actually pretty it's genius. Pretty like all great art, it's it's beautiful on the surface, just to the immediate right. immediate eye. And then beyond that, there's great depth. There's meaning, there's depth. The iceberg theory. Exactly. It's like Hemingway's writing. It's It's like Hemingway himself. Exactly. A genius. Except not drunk. and not Well, speak for yourself. I'm just kidding. I'm having a, a quick sober week in here after the holidays, trying to just detox. That's for another pod. That's for the detox pod that that's, we're doing. No, that's for the meetings you go to. That's Yep. Uh, I like to call those podcasts, Jake. So no, they're not. I talked to you last time about how um, the enemy is the podcast. Yeah. That's, you know, the enemy is life. The enemy is, is the meetings I'm going to. It's, I think you're confusing podcasting for um alcoholics anonymous <laughs> rhetoric look jake i'm gonna forgive you and i'm gonna pray for you and myself perfect so wonderful we're probably offending a lot of people um we could be and by a lot i mean the thousands and thousands in our listener base um anyways we have a new name like jim croce i got a name do you know that song did I, you ever see django unchained yeah yeah, yeah. I got a name, yeah. Jim Croce. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. Yep. We got a name. It's the Jim Croce podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's the Listen In podcast. Listen In podcast. Um, we're still in need of like some branding or like a logo or a header image. As soon as we lock that down, um, we will probably be creating a, a Twitter page. Um, so I was joking today with somebody I work with about making a Microsoft paint logo. Cause that's about where our skills are at. Yeah. So maybe we just do something like that and we'll, we'll get some branding. I think there. that's a hell of an idea. I don't think we're going to come up with anything better. I don't think so either. Great. All right. So we have a name, which is huge. And we're off. Uh, and we're off. So I think, uh, one of the things we want to try and start doing on the listen in podcast are talk about some of just quickly talk about some of the most recent albums we've been listening to not necessarily a whole deep dive into each one of them but just kind of a check-in of hey what have you been listening to the past week so jake so it's like a casual conversation except it's framed in a recorded session Correct. where we've we've pre-planned it so Correct. it's just a casual conversation casual. that we pre-planned and hey, recorded hey jake we're not being recorded right now what albums have you been listening to in the week of one slash Three slash twenty sixteen. Well, Sean, it's funny you asked. No, I I tried. I'm winking at the microphone. Yeah, I'm yeah. winking at it. 
Right. It's funny you ask. So one of the albums I've been listening to lately, or one of the artists, is uh, someone who whose music I have owed it to myself to get into for a very long time. Sean, you've been into him for years. It's Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so in high school and in college, I listened to Born to Run a few times. For some reason, Bruce never caught on for me, but I, I don't really know what what spawned this idea but for some reason i just was i was thinking about it and i thought you know i need to give bruce an honest chance he deserves i mean several classic albums um clearly a reputation as you know sort of a working man's genius of a songwriter and uh and he, he has several just albums that are that have been touted for for decades so i've been listening to born to run um the follow-up to born to run darkness on the edge of town as well as um, Born in the USA. And Born in the USA is chock full of hits. I've heard almost every song on it. There's like seven radio singles on there. I knew more than half of the songs yeah. that I heard on my first listen. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Which is great. I really liked it. It's really good. Oh, no, it's, it's good. It's a good album. And how about Bruce just going back to the well on the Born motif? Yeah. Born to Run. Born in the USA. Will he ever stop with that? So far he has. Never done it again. Never done it again. Right, so he did. But, Bruce got our message. <laughs> yeah. But the bottom line is I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, I didn't really know what I wasn't seeing before. Uh, probably just... I actually really don't understand why I didn't get into him before, but, I mean, these albums are awesome. I still need a few more listens to let them gestate, yep. let them process yep. and, and compute what I'm listening to, but I've been enjoying it overall. I mean, Darkness on the Edge of Town is... It, I mean, I think you, you put it best. You said it was sort of like... The characters on Born to Run, the um, imagery, the ideology behind Born to Run, the sort of American idealism, all comes crashing down, and uh, the characters in Darkness on the Edge of Town have to pick up the pieces and and live their life. I mean, Sean's words, not mine. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I put it. Everything does come crashing down. It's a dark album. I mean, it's called Darkness on the Edge of Town. It definitely, it's classic Springsteen with more of a bite to it you know and that's most evidence uh, that that's most evident on songs like adam raised a cane streets of fire and then the title track darkest on the edge of town springsteen's vocals on this are raw he is they he's really coming are. hot on this album and that's one of the reasons why i love it so much i it's one of the reasons i've been enjoying it too and i don't want to shortchange born to run because mm. i feel like that's the album that's the most spoken for here yeah. because it is sort of his classic it's the one probably everyone's heard of um, unless it's Born of the USA, it could be either of those. But Born to Run, just a classic. I mean, start to finish, really every song. You know, uh, I, I really have been loving it. So great. Um, so Bruce has been. If, if you're interested in getting into Bruce, um, maybe suggest what starting off with Born to Run. Uh, you got to start with Born to Run or Born in the USA. Or if you, for some reason, actually, if you yeah. really love the tracks on that and that's your entryway, you want a little bit of a synth infused Bruce. Yep. Start there. Then go to Born in the U.S. Born to Run. Mm-hmm. Then Darkness on the Edge of Town. But um, and then there's some others. But we can do a follow up. Yeah. As, Though, I, I, as I, I continue to delve, I'd say those are the three to to get into. As so, as for me. Oh, hold on, Sean. Or, oh, hold go on. ahead. Go ahead. A casual conversation. Oh, you right. forget. You're right. So, Sean, my my good friend of many years. Yep. What is it you've been listening to oh, lately? Oh, Jake. Thanks for asking. This is totally natural and not weird. What I've been listening to is I've been diving into some jazz. So Jake has been into jazz for many years now. This has done me good. Yeah. This has made me a happy man. And I'm I'm happy. So I've specifically gotten into Miles Davis. Um, I listened to Kind of Blue years ago. Never really totally got into it. I've gone back recently with, you know, a more mature ear. 
uh, and I've listened to In a Silent Way, Birth of the Cool, Sketches of Spain. I think you mean The Birth of Cool. The Birth of the... No, no, it's The Birth of the Cool. Of the Cool? Yeah. I never knew it was called yeah. that. Yeah, it's The Birth of the Cool. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, an interesting title. It is. As many of his albums are. They do... Awesome album titles. Awesome album from titles. Miles. Your recent resurgence, or not resurgence, your diving into Miles has in- inspired me too. I listened to Birth of the Cool for yep. the first time ever. Also listened to, gave my first listen to On the Corner. Um, I think his follow up to Bitches Brew and re listened to Bitches Brew. Nice. So this I has been a Miles week. I still have to get into Bitches Brew. I'm still working my way up there. Well, I also hopped into some John Coltrane mm-hmm. with a Love Supreme. How did you like that album? I love it. I think it's great. I think it's more accessible than any of Miles' stuff. That's so interesting you say that because I feel like, um, you're right, it's Birth of the Cool. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yep. Anyways, with with Coltrane, I always felt what he was doing. So my progression of uh, jazz listening started with Miles with Kind of Blue because it's sort of the most touted jazz album across all critics, across even pop and rock critics. So I got into that after I liked that for a, a period of time. A friend at school, shout out to Ethan Brown. Big f- big friend of the pod. Big friend of big the pod. Big supporter, pod. big donator. Keep yep. it coming, Ethan. The checks. You know what we're talking about, that green. Um, uh, green money. Not a certain <laughs> drug that some of you, you no, gutterheads might have been the, thinking of. That's the devil's plant. That's the devil's, that's the devil's grass. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> um, Continue, Jake. Love Supreme was the second album I got into, and while I agree that it is very accessible jazz, um, I think it's more complex to listen to. I feel like what Train is doing, I call him Train, we go way back. Big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod, Train. Dead for years. Um, he He's doing really complex stuff on the sax. I feel like Kind of Blue is more laid back, has more of that traditionally cool vibe, yep. just more... It, it's that modal jazz. There's air to breathe. You can kind of feel yeah. Whereas um, Su- uh, Love Supreme is frenetic and, and just really well, fast. The, and... the way that I've, I've read up on it a little bit and the way that they've been labeling it is sheets of sound, mm. which is a good way to put it with it that is. sax. He's blowing hard. He's blowing fast, Jake. He, <laughs> he, he is. He is. It sounds like, you, you know, like a, you're, you're announcing a horse race or something. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming in fast around the corner. <laughs> I it's it's Coltrane in the lead. Um, either way, really good album. Your next step eventually will be Bitches Brew, which I you will listen to. I will in due time. I will. And it it's a it's a dense, complicated. It's just it's a weird album. Okay. A lot of dissonance. A lot of. But I think if you liked In a Silent Way, it's a decent precursor. Okay. Um, in that it demonstrate it showcases some of Miles' uh, jazz rock fusion guitar work stuff. You know what just came to me actually. In a Silent Way reminds me of the second half of Low. By Bowie? Yeah. That's really interesting. Just, really? And it's like... The atmosphere It's on atmosphere. It. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think it does, yeah, because it, you're right. It is like very atmospheric. It's yeah. moody. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, that's that's podcasting, everyone. Look at that connection I just made. It's a hell of a, it's a, hell of a podcast connection. Maybe we should have called this the, the podcast. The podcast connection. Whoa. With Jake and Sean. You know what I just realized is we've talked about jazz now for, for five minutes, which means everyone shut it off. Right. This is maybe not the best thing to start no, the pod No, not to start with. the pod, but so we'll move on from Miles Davis. Sorry, everybody. We'll move on. We'll move on. Just quickly, because I think we got a little excited about what, what we've been listening to. 
Uh, you and I have been listening to the new Pusha T album. Yeah, which really, maybe we should have jumped in with. Maybe we should. That should have been first. Maybe we should have. That being said, solid album. It's what good. is what is the full name of that? I'm gonna read it. It's I'm gonna read it's the like full name. King Pusha. I don't just. I'm gonna read. Yeah. It's it's called King Push. Darkest Before the Dawn, colon, The Prelude. Long title. Long title. A lot of use of punctuation. He goes with an end dash between King Push and Darkest Before the Dawn, then a colon before The yep. Prelude. Uh, so, long album title, highly punctuated. I have been really enjoying this. It's album. good. I like it. I, I've never listened to a full Pusha album before. All I know him from is his guest verses on Twisted Fantasy, and I really liked the way he his flow was. Yeah. just sounds really cool. As did I. And... Um, He's only had two solo albums. I think he was part of a of a rap clips. Yeah, was it, yeah, clips. And uh, I guess he got like brought up on like drug charges. And I don't remember if I was reading the review correctly. Either he paid off the jury, or this was like some other drug dealer that did this. I don't even remember. But basically, he's got a he's got a drug past. But. Because he talks about moving weight on the album. He talks... <laughs> I move that weight. Amongst other things, including a reference to Bill Belichick, yep. which I appreciate. I know, of course. I mentioned Brady on the last pod. Yep. mentioned Belichick this one. You're putting two and two together. Jake's a big Jets fan. <laughs> the point is, this album is really cool. Like you say, you can tell this guy has some a past with uh, some drug dealing, some mm-hmm. drug moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Just really solid production on here. Really solid flow from from King Push, yeah. As as we call him in the in the industry, yep. Um, and I guess this is actually like it's called the Prelude. There's a full another full length, probably a longer one. Yeah. Album coming out later this year, I think. I, um, I yeah. That although right. this album technically came out last year. Correct. Correct. Um, the end of so not technically, it just did. Yeah, it did. December of 2015 yeah. is still 2015. Still 2015. Uh, yeah, good album. I've been liking it. Um. Just very, very quickly, I've also been listening to Father John Misty's 2012 album, mm. Fear Fun, which is nice. There's some really good songs on it. Uh, if anyone has heard Hollywood Forever Cemetery, check that out. Really good song. Yeah. Um, so anything else out. you've been listening to? Um, Bruce Miles, Pusha. Uh, a lot of Beatles on Spotify. Yes. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that. I'm very excited. But no, it's been pretty much it this week specifically. So get into Miles Davis. Get into Bruce Springsteen. Check out Pusha T and check out Father John Missy, listeners. Yeah. Check out one of them. Just do one. Make and, that make that your goal for the week. Yeah. Try and get into one of those guys. Make that your carrot that you're chasing. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to move into just a quick news follow-up from last week, and it's about LCD Sound System. So we talked on the last pod about how they were reuniting for a show at Coachella. The news this week is not only are they re- reuniting for a show at Coachella, they're also going to be touring this year, and they're also coming out with a new album. Jake, what say you about this news? I say that they never broke up. That's right. the bottom line. Right. That's, they never, yeah. There are bands who have had longer hiatuses than <laughs> right. this. And they had a farewell to I mean, yeah. I kind of give me a break with this, dude. Like, listen, I have no qualms with LCD Sound System. I've never truly gotten into them, and I will with this new album. I'll, I'll give it a listen. I probably should go back into their catalog. I know they have some good stuff. But th- that's, not a, that's not a farewell. No, that's not breaking up. Not, that's just, dude, like four years? It's not a breakup. Radiohead hasn't come out with a new album in almost four years. It's been five years. It's been five, yeah. Uh, King of Limbs came out in February of 11. Yeah, so also Last Shadow Puppets, uh, Alex Turner's band with Miles Kane. 
they haven't come out with an album since like 2010 or like 2009. Yeah. Like they never broke up and had a no. farewell tour. They're coming out with a new one this year. So like, let's relax on this. Okay? So I guess my take on it is it's exciting. It's cool. I don't care. Thank you. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. the news of them getting back together isn't exciting to me because there was not enough time Thank for it to be exciting. Totally agree. Like I said on the last podcast, if this was 2035, Sure, that's exciting. It's been it's been I don't do math. A quarter of a century, a hundred thousand years. Close, yeah. It's been a long sure. time. It's been around there. Then that's that's news. But but this it, is not really. It's not news. It's it actually kind of it smells a foul to me. It, it smells does. Cheap. And actually, James Murphy was like, "Look, I get it. I know that some people are like kind of put off by this and upset. I was just I've been writing a ton of music." I just, it felt right to put it out under the name LCD Sound System. Is it just him? No, well, he's the main songwriter, but he has a whole band of people who, like, like actual, like, were LCD Sound System. So, okay. So like, it's not like, it, they, it's it's not not like, like he has touring members. No. He's not the no. fourth member of Green Day who's not a member of Correct. Green Day, but is on every tour and plays Correct. on every album. Correct. No, he, he has actual people that, like, are LCD Sound System. Okay. My last question, because I don't want to spend too much more time on this, is will you, if he, let's say they come to Boston, they come somewhere around here, will you go see LCD Sound System? No, not for the reason that I don't like them, but like I said, I haven't listened to their back catalog enough. I, I mean, no, I don't think I would. Would you? Um, I, before I watched that farewell concert, I would have said no. After watching it. I would say yes, just because okay. it looks like a great time. Okay. It looks like a really fun show well, to go to. Maybe if I get into them in time for their, I'll catch them on the next farewell tour. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. Um, all right. So the other piece of news that we wanted to do was about Radiohead, and we'll do a little buy or sell segment. Jake, do our do our PTI buy or sell intro here. Did it go? It's buy or sell. That is exactly how it went. Okay. Next time I'll do it with some more confidence. Okay. I'll just come, come okay, in. Good. We can edit out the... Good. We're not going to edit anything out. No, we're not. It's too much effort. So we're going to do a buy or sell here. So for anybody who doesn't know, Radiohead made a James Bond Spectre theme song. It's called Spectre. It didn't end up getting used for the James Bond movie. And here's the question, Jake. Are you buying or selling this version of Spectre as a James Bond theme song? I think there's two, two buy or sell questions. The first buy or sell is, am I buying this as a song? And I am. I think it's beautiful. As a Radiohead song, as just a song in general, I am. I'm selling it, however, as a James Bond song. I actually think they made the right choice. I think that, like, listen, it's a James Bond movie. It's one of the most popular franchises of all time. Most people aren't going to listen to Radiohead's kind of moody brand of rock. And to be frank, like, I think... Sam Smith did a great job, and Adele did a great job last time. I mean, that's what you really want out of it. Yeah, out of a out of a Bond song, don't you think? I would agree with you. I am also selling this as a James Bond theme song. It doesn't work as that. If James Bond, if those movies are like, like dark, like film noir, like sure, that that song works, and I think works really great. However, James Bond movies are big budget bright action movies right. that are whose one goal is to make money. So no, I don't think it works in that regard. However, I do agree. I'm buying it as a song because it's a great song. It's It's Radiohead. It's Radiohead. And honestly, I think it's you know, I think it's one of their most beautiful songs since 
well, I mean, they haven't really come out with much, but no, like, since but before like since... LCD sound system broke up way back then, <laughs> yeah. you know, since oh, what year was it? Oh, wait, like four years ago, <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> I mean, it's you know, I think it's on par, maybe maybe not on par. It's a little worse than like a Codex, which is beautiful. Yeah, this song's beautiful too. It's, it's Radiohead. Really I mean, yeah. if this is actually any indication of what the new album's gonna sound like, I'm all in. I'm no. pumped. I'm buying that. I'm buying however. I'm I'm selling I'm selling this as a Bond theme song. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that well. And I don't. I can I can see why it wasn't chosen as the I song. I get it. And Sam Smith's a bigger sell. Dude's he a is. superstar and with I, a super voice. True. And I think you had a great point the other day where you said, "If I'm the sound director for the movie, and I'm a huge Radiohead fan, I'm still not picking that right. song because you know it just doesn't work as well." Right. Because that's not what the 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 big wigs uh, up at the top want. No, that's that's for goddamn sure. Um, quick question, Jake: What, off the top of your head, is your favorite James Bond song? I think, I think it's Skyfall. Okay, first of all, I know three. <laughs> yeah, I remember like three. Four. <laughs> I know Live and Let Die. I know Skyfall, and I know Writing on the Wall, which is the new Sam Smith one. It's Skyfall over Live and Let Die. Um, even though I'm a big McCartney fan, big Beatles fan, we'll get to the Beatles later. Yes, we will. <laughs> just keep We've referencing been teasing throughout. That. You know, what we should do is just keep referencing it throughout and never do it. <laughs> never talk. Oh, we'll get to the Beatles, Sean. <laughs> we'll get to them. Cut. End podcast. Um, no, I think it's I think it's Skyfall. That song's epic. That song's awesome. Yeah. So I know like maybe five. So I know Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever, uh, Golden Eye, World Is Not Enough. Actually, Die Another Day. Skyfall. I actually no. So I, I haven't so here, heard the Sam Smith song. So were you going to say, Jake? I actually know all the James no, dude. Bond there's songs. like 21 James Bond movies. I, I know, know what this was. Know, this was another part of the power struggle. This is this the was power you struggle. To, trying to head. demonstrate your ability to recall James Bond songs over me before adoring public. And I tell you, Sean, I don't appreciate you it. Caught me. I don't appreciate it for one second because now I am I'm caught with my pants down <laughs> and egg on my face. Because you know two more Bond songs. You than caught that. me. Um, I love the Diamonds Are Forever sample in Diamonds from Sierra Leone mm-hmm. by Kanye West. Don't love that song. Live and Let Die is a good song. It's probably Skyfall. Skyfall's great. Yeah. It's huge. You should listen to the Sam Smith one. I will. I'll check it out. It's really good. I'll check it out. Um, so that basically sums up the news. We're both, we're both selling this as a, as a James Bond song. So, Jake, you want to introduce our next segment, which will probably take up the, the bulk of the show here, and the one we've been teasing? I do. I'm really excited. We're going to delve into the Rolling Stones. No. <laughs> we're talking about the Beatles, and so this segment um, is something we're trying out for the first time. We want to do this again uh, with other artists throughout um, our uh, tenure as podcasters, which is hopefully long-lived. Um, so we're going to dissect and discuss the discography of the Beatles, and this is in honor of the reason we chose the Beatles is because they recently had all of their music um, put onto streaming services, including Spotify, Tidal, you know, all the ones that... That are paying us to mention their names. Right, yeah. The, the sponsors. So, and, um, and you know, you go ahead. So what we're going to do in this segment specifically is we're going to, like Jake said, we're going to take a discography, and we're each going to say what our favorite album is, what our least favorite album is, what their most overrated album is, what their most underrated album is, and then we're also going to pull from last week, and we're going to talk about what their best album cover is, 
and we're also going to talk about what their best album title is. Those, so think of those as like the prop bets. Yeah, yeah. The the best album, worst album, overrated, underrated. Those are like the the money lines and the over unders. Uh, which wait or the the what? What would it be? Yeah, those. Yeah, that was those, right. Yeah, and yeah, here you I go stammering it. away from this, it. Yeah, and I could have just kept going. And the best title, best cover. Those are like prop bets. The, That's yeah, like it, if you're going to get a nip slip during the halftime. Exactly. Show. For anyone who doesn't know what prop bets are, keep your eye out on the Super Bowl. There's always action on what like the coin toss will be. Will it be heads or tails? Will how long will the national anthem run? How many times will they say Bill Belichick's name? How many times will they reference right. Deflake? It's all little like superfluous yep. bets that don't actually have any bearing on the game really but it are fun to bet for for just the public exactly so for our purposes that uh, technically the titles and the album covers don't actually have an effect on the music just like how the prop bets don't have an effect on the game but they're still a lot of fun to talk about they still matter uh so we're going to dive into those as well so with the beatles um i think the best way to get started is um to say that unlike probably any other sort of classic rock band we're going to do, this is going to be interesting because we have listened to their entire discography, and what helps there is that they only made music for seven years. But what a prolific career it was. So, like, say we talk about Dylan, Bob Dylan, we're not, or the Rolling yeah. Stones. Right. We're not talking about um, a Voodoo Lounge no, or, or Shot of Love. No, we're not. Because we didn't listen to them. But we'll talk about... So, like, say we do Dylan next time. We'll talk about 60s Dylan. But yeah. for today, we'll talk about just the Beatles right. in general. Because, like I said, seven years, they came in, they got out, they did it all pretty perfectly. So, Sean, what is... So, let me preempt this discussion by saying we've mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again. Jake is the biggest Beatles fan I've ever met, maybe in the world. Any negative that I say about them will be met with just venom and the staunchest defense ever. So just watch out, because he will fight me at every single turn on anything I say. I resent the implication, Sean. I really do, because I've never been anything less than fully balanced. Jake. And fully... Jake, let me just say... John Lennon or Paul McCartney could take a dump on your chest and you would be just hailing the melody that they came up with while doing it. It doesn't even make sense, but well, no, you'd it be does, like, you know what? This actually doesn't smell that bad. No, well, the the farts would be like French horns <laughs> if it was McCartney. Yep. This is exactly what we're dealing with. So anyways, I uh, now I'm going to bring up a couple points here. Oh, so, you know. this will be a first. It won't be a firm. We've we've had frank discussions about the beat. I think we jump in here. All right, all right, all right. So, Sean, I want to start with what I think is our unanimous. There's my email. Getting a work email. That's not professional. It actually is. <laughs> it's technically in an ironic way. This isn't professional. At least we cut the phone calls out, right? We have. Cue the phone ringing. Yeah, it will happen. There's no. Okay. So, what what's our top Beatles album? All right. My. So top... you're say real quick. Another. If you're gonna get into the Beatles. This is what we think is their their best record. Okay. So if you go into Spotify, you're like, oh, I'm going to start listening to the Beatles. Um, this is our favorite. It's Revolver. It's, yeah, it's, it's Revolver. Revolver. It, to me, perfectly aligns with a time in their career where they're just firing on all cylinders. They're really, they've come into their own as songwriters and as studio magicians and what they're doing here is just unprecedented in popular music. It's never happened before. I, I just I can't heap enough praise on this album, Jake. Wh 
well, for you, like what what about Revolver? Because you could probably be more eloquent. No, there's a lot of things about Revolver. I mean, I think I agree with you. It's like the Beatles sort of reaching like a not it's actually not the peak but you could argue it's the peak of their creativity which lasted through the end of their of their run in 1969 here's something i want to put in perspective so 1963 the beatles release i want to hold your hand 1964 the beatles release she loves you it's two bubblegum pop songs two they're great songs they're well written they're it's good pop and it's it's fun and they were huge hits Two years later, three years later, two years later, however when you look at it from either of those songs, they released this album, which is, by any stretch, just, it's this, it's a monumental leap. Especially in that amount of time. This sounds like an album they came up with 10, 15 years later. And you go from hearing Bubblegum Pop Like She Loves You to the just searing guitar on uh, on She Said, She Said, or on Andrew Bird Can Sing, and you got, like, the trippy Tomorrow Never Knows, and the just... The, the dark string section on Eleanor Rigby, the, you know, it, Taxman, there's all, it, it's so different. So, I, I, yeah, I think you make a great point. So my favorite thing about this album is I think it has the best overall feel of any Beatles album. You listen to this, you put on Revolver, that guitar tone on all the songs, you're just like, this is Revolver, this is something different, this is something I've never heard by them before, and it really puts you in a specific place. And, like, I remember... When, we, when I first got into this album on your recommendation, sophomore year of high school, and I put it on and Taxman started up, I was just like, this is like no other Beatles songs or, or album that I've heard before. First of all, there's distortion on the guitars. You got starting off, you're starting off with a George song, George Harrison song. He has, he gets three on here. Strong George album. And then you, you just get trippy sounds throughout. You have a backwards guitar on I'm Only Sleeping. You have, uh, and even, so in, on a Rubber Soul, the previous album where the Beatles started to really experiment, you heard some sitar work on Norwegian One. Here you get a full-blown Indian song in Love You Too, where George Harrison is melding the, in, the Eastern and the Western into one really cool sort of forward-thinking pop song. There's just all kinds of interesting stuff on here to, to, to and I, th- I think one of the best points about it is you said there's a good feel. I think it's their first album where from start to finish, with no bumps along the way, there's there's a vibe, there's a there's something they're going for, and they're just shooting for it with every song. Agreed. And I have two points to make here. The first one, I think we can go back to our sports comparisons. This is like the the Lakers in their first championship run when they won three in a row, back when Shaq and Kobe, I think it was 2000, they were just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. They were still on a plane of just winning, except the wheels started to come off towards the end, towards right. 01-02, and then they finally broke up. I think you could make that same comparison here of this was the most like maybe pure like run that they had, and then obviously we all know the story about the White Album and the Let It Be sessions. I think you could kind of make that comparison with the Lakers and how things kind of fell off the fell off the rails with Shaq and Kobe. I'm gonna make a comparison to uh jordan's bulls i was gonna do that and say that and say that say you look at the beatles catalog and you start off with please please me with the beatles help uh not well actually um hard day's night comes first then help so you have and and, uh beatles for sale so you have all albums that are by any stretch 
great. They're they're really good to listen to. They're fun. But what's the payoff? What's like really? What it's not going to that next level. And that's I think Jordan in the eighties. You got all the flash. You got him winning dunk contest. Yeah, dunk contest. The screaming girls are him winning dunk contests. Yeah, it's all titles. It's all the flash. It's all the you know the fame and just an athlete and, and musicians at the height of their youth and just and vigor. And then you move into nineties Jordan. Like you move into Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, The White Album, you know, and then you see some maturity and just straight greatness, just album after album. Maybe Magical Mystery Tour, the movie, is the baseball run. <laughs> it, it's that's his, a great comparison. It's his stretch in the minors. It's a great comparison. I love it. And I, I think, love it. And Revolver, I think, is is like... Maybe the 91 or 92 Bulls. It's like either the first championship or the second, depending on whether you think Rubber Soul is a championship. So I guess we're saying is, so that 96, the 96 Bulls, they won 72 games. That would technically be what, Sergeant Pepper? You So there's arguments to be made, I think, in the general consensus pool. Maybe that's Sergeant Pepper. Okay. And then you got 98, you got a farewell tour. Yeah. And you got Abbey Road. Yeah. Just give the fans what they want. Another championship. Yep. One more for old times' yep. sake. Yep, I I love this. I, you know? I I think that's actually way better of a comparison than my Lakers one. I like the Lakers one. I think you can make many comparisons. You can. You can hit us up with what your sports comparisons are. Right. Um. So yeah, that's that's our clear cut favorite. Quickly before we move on to least favorite, Jake, what's your favorite song on this album? On Revolver. Um, that's a good question. It's actually my overall favorite Beatles song, uh, I'm Only Sleeping, the third track. Nice. I think it just has, like, the perfect mix of their newly found psych- psychedelic sound, some backwards guitar work, uh, just a really nice melody from John, some sort of, th- it, everything in the song emphasizes the sleepy tone, you have the sort of slow plodding guitar, and there's nice harmonies between John and Paul. I think it's, it's my favorite Beatles song overall, which I know is a weird pick, but it's, so it's my favorite on Revolver. So, my favorite is also, I it might be my favorite Beatles song overall, I'm not totally sure, but it's And Your Bird Can Sing. Uh, it used to be She Said, She Said, but And Your Bird Can Sing overtook it. I think like just the little melodies that are going on here are awesome. They get better with every repeat listen, in my opinion. Well, and Andrew Bird can sing has actually some really complex guitar work. It does. That they're, I, I, it's either they played it once and then double tracked it, or John and George learned it together. I can't remember the story, but either way, it's like pretty complex. And, and you got to think like these guys were recording with like, not a whole lot of time, so to come up with that's pretty impressive. It is great song. Um, um, do you do you have a least favorite? I think there's an easy least favorite, right? Yeah. <laughs> My least it's, favorite is Yellow Submarine. It's Yellow Submarine. Okay, thank um, you. And Which I was is actually, crazy because it's the, the single. It's the single and it was on Beatles 1. And, and look, I think what happens with the Beatles is like we've heard all these songs a million times. Some of the novelty, all of the novelty has worn off Yellow Submarine. I mean, it's not it's not even novel anymore. I barely enjoy listening to it. Same. Not that I didn't like it the first 20 times. I liked it. Is it a great song compared to the likes of She Said, She Said, For No One, Good Day Sunshine, I'm Only Sleeping, Taxman? No, it's not even It's not even a good song. It's just a little throwaway. You're right. And it's fun. It's probably it's one of the best and most memorable songs they wrote for Ringo to sing, but it's no. It's actually probably the only bump in the road. I, I yeah. often, if I were going to skip a track, I'd it's skip that. Yellow Submarine. Absolutely, it is. Um, so, wow, we actually got like a reasonable take there from Jake. That was That was nice. That was great. Hey, man. All right, Jake, so this might be a little bit harder for you because we're not just heaping accolades no. on the band. Um, what 
is your least favorite album by them? Uh, my least favorite album by the Beatles is the 1964 release Beatles for Sale. Um, there's great stuff on here. I, I love actually the three-track intro of No Reply, I'm a Loser, Babies in Black. I think this is like casually by hardcore Beatles fans referred to as kind of like like the dark there's like some kind of name for this it's like the dark trio I don't know it's something like that it, there's actually like it's all it starts off with three kind of bummer songs unfortunately there's just not enough material on here to really keep it going there's there's there are some really good like originals on here and there's some good covers but really you probably should only listen to this album if you're really into the Beatles and I enjoy it I 100% agree with you. This, I think, by all accounts, is their worst album. Like you said, I, I, I'm with you. on I think the first half of the album is really strong. Yeah. Like, and then Eight Days a Week is great, too, is on this album. There's just, there's some covers on here that I'm not crazy about. There's just some old standards that are just like, this is so throwaway. This is so filler. Like, I, agree. I just, I don't care about the back half. Great. I haven't listened in years, actually, to the back half. I have no interest. Um... I, there's actually there's some good songs you're missing on the back half. And this is what I'm talking no, no, about. No, no, no. Mouse trapped him into doing this. No, just hear me <laughs> out. Dude. Oh, this is how it goes, the, everybody. The second to last track. Just hey, just hear him out. Just hear him out. Go. No, what you're doing is not a cover. It's an original. It actually has a really cool melody on it. It's a really good song. You should check out what you're doing. I'm not. Hey, I'm not going to defend everybody's trying to be my baby. I'm not. In fact, one of my least favorite things about early Beatles albums is that they always they have this tendency to close them out with these raucous blues covers that I don't care about. Um, I agree with you. That's me not caring about a Beatles thing, Sean. Is that fair? <laughs> oh wow. Okay. But all you right, should. Right. You really should listen to every little thing and what you're doing. Those all are right. really good songs. Okay. What about Mr. Moonlight? Mr. Moonlight. I actually saw once rated their worst song. That's actually I don't I share that opinion. With that. I disagree with that. I actually too. I I like Mr. Moonlight. It's all right. Yeah, I I Mr. I I think Moonlight. you should you nailed it. It's it's just it's kind of a weird cover. Hey, yeah, it's it's okay. It's fine. Um I yeah, I agree. There's not much else to say about worst album. It's it's definitely Beatles for sale. Um, yeah. let's th- let's throw in one of our our prop bets right now. Well, wait, wait, real quick though. If you don't enjoy John's performance of rock and roll music. I don't. I don't want to know you. Oh, it's great. It is. It's fantastic. It's awesome. No, I agree. He kills it. I agree. No, it's, yeah. it's actually it gets none of the reputation, gets none of the credit. I think it's almost as good a performance as Twist and Shout. I'll give you that. It's right. It's, there's more lyrics. There's more to sing there, and he does it well. I'll Anyways, we'll move on. I'll give you that. That's enough accolades for me. I'll follow the sun's a great song. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it is good. Um. All right. So I think we'll we'll throw in one of our our prop bets here. Do, do you want to do best title or best cover? Let's do best cover. I have an answer for my favorite cover. Right. Do you have an answer for yours? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, let's hear yours first. Your favorite. So this is our favorite album cover yep. on any Beatles album. Yep. We're going to keep it to their studio originals, studio right? Studio originals. We're not right. including Beatles 1 because that's my pick. No, it's no, 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 no. Yeah, just studio albums. So I think. And there's a lot to pick from here. There's a lot. So the Be- let's just say the Beatles have one of the strongest collections of album covers ever. They, they I think you could argue, like, invented the iconic mm-hmm. album cover. Mm-hmm. Like, they really started that trend of making the album art, art. Yes. So, everyone talks about Sgt. Pepper, which I think is an overrated album cover. Obviously, everyone loves Abbey Road. I do, too. I think it's fantastic. But my favorite... Jake is Revolver. 
It's Revolver. Revolver. It's black and white. This like psychedelic like hand drawing of the members of the band with like all these people peeking out of their hair. It's a it's cooler. Yeah. It ta- basically the thing they were doing with all of, like the cultural icons on Sgt. Pepper. They like somehow did better on Revolver, but just like having them in the hair and I, like it's it just looks cool like i want that as a huge poster just yeah. hanging up i agree revolver is actually my number two favorite album cover but for, from the beatles i think it's better than sergeant pepper's cover too i think sergeant pepper there's a lot of eye candy on there it's almost too busy it's too bright it's too flashy you know what it's it's a dated album cover too it is a little dated it looks it actually looks weird and awkward in the lineup yeah of Beatles album covers. It still is a really cool album cover and it's it's a concept and right it's dated because it's so famous and because right. it's so it, it it's sort of of its time. Um but I I couldn't agree more about Revolver. I think it's it, it's almost it's like what Sgt. Pepper is trying to capture some of that psychedelia but it's with less effort and just like it's it's more it's just free flowing. And the last thing that I love about it is it looks how the album feels. It does which and is huge. so important for a great album cover. A lot of times, the visual and the music won't mix. We mentioned Pet Sounds before last week. I think this one is maybe the most perfect representation of the art looking like how the music sounds. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, and Revolver may have been my favorite in years past. My favorite Beatles album cover, however, is... Um, and some might call this a basic pick. Some might call this the obvious pick. I don't care. I think it, sta- it stood the test of time. It's their most famous for a reason, and it's Abbey Road. The it, it, Awesome album cover. It is. The Beatles crossing the road, and like they got this cool picture where all their legs are, are open at the same time, like in stride. There's some Paul is dead. A conspiracy theory thrown in with his bare feet, with the cigarette he's holding, with the... Uh, license plate in the background behind him that says 28IF, 28IF, he didn't die. All kinds of cool stuff. And it's just, it's visually cool to look at. It's symmetrical. Mm-hmm. It just, it's it, everything that, it screams iconic. To it me. is. It's absolutely iconic. No one can fault that pick. I, it's it's my second favorite. So just our one and two are flipped. So totally I like fine. It. What do you go third? What do I go third? Um, That's actually... It's hard. Tough. I have kind of a. I think I, I have a weird pick. Think, I think it's got to be Rubber Soul, right? I think I think it's Rubber Soul for me. Rubber Soul is either third or fourth because I think the White Album, for all its minimalism, yeah. every album cover had like a new statement. Like they right. went from from Rubber Soul up to Magical Mystery Tour. They're working from trippy to a little trippier to maybe a little too much to definitely garish and over the top and then they stripped it down to minimalism and kind of invented that as a trend yeah. on an album cover like just the name yep and that album's <clears throat> just called the beatles yep at the height of their fame it's cool cool album it is cool album cover all right moving on let's hop into most overrated beatles album now this let's is jump in this one's gonna be hotly contested i will tell you that much because like I said, Jake is refusing to yield that anything the Beatles did was overrated. It's not just me with your pick. There are many people who would disagree. <laughs> and there's actually more people who disagree with mine, so I think we should... You want me to go first? Um, or you want to go first? You go first. All right. Most overrated Beatles album, and I'm saying this as a fact, not my opinion, Jake, <sighs> as a fact, is Rubber Soul. 
It's rubber sole. Present your case. I'll present my case. It has some of my least favorite post-64, 65 era Beatles songs on it. Michelle. Um, dude, I don't love Girl. I don't love Girl. I don't love the... I, I, something about, I just, the, like, the little, like, it's kind of whiny. It's whiny to me. It's I disagree little, wholeheartedly. It's a little whiny. The word, I think, is pretty forgettable. Oh, I think the word's great. Like I said, Michelle, I I really, I flat out don't like that song. And I think Drive My Car, while it's a good song, it's just been played to death and, like, is kind of lame. I don't like it. That being said, Norwegian Wood, You Won't See Me, Nowhere Man, Think For Yourself, In My Life, these are all, if I needed someone, there's very, very, very strong songs in this album. And if I'm going to be listening to just those, I'm really happy. However, if I'm listening to this album as a whole, I'm skipping Michelle. I'm probably skipping a couple of those other ones too. Just because either... I, I don't think they really hold up. So... It's just, this album gets so much praise, and I, I understand why. It's a revolutionary album for a lot of different reasons. If we're talking about just... If I want to listen to a Beatles album, it's not going to be Rubber Soul. It's not. That, and that's what that's what I'm basing it off of. I know why it's so important. I know why it's so good. I, that is less important for me than just enjoying the actual album. That's a fair case, and I think you you presented it well. It's, it's totally fair. I'm going to say that I think I'll preface it by saying I like Rubber Soul maybe a little more because it was like the first Beatles album I got into as a full album that is... It like just it not a greatest hits, not the Beatles one. It's it's a it's the first album. I think Rubber Soul holds up like crazy. I think Drive My Car isn't as dated as you think. I think Michelle's a great song. I don't really fully understand. I don't really fully understand your beef because I think Michelle is kind of this cool French sounding pop song. There's like it has this cool mood to it. It almost feels like some like jazzy in there. There's some nice guitar lines on there. And I also love Girl. I, I See, these are the thing. This is where it comes down to opinion. Right. I think Girl has some awesome melody on there, some great sardonic John lines. Just him... I don't like those. Uh, like, I, he just sounds so whiny. I like, like, thought that fame would lead to pleasure. Like, I, I dude, okay, this it, song's annoying me. It's annoying to well, me. Well, I... That's fair. I think I let you talk. I think... You're right. Okay. Yeah. I think... Girl holds up, and I think that those lines are great. And I think you also have to put it time and place a little bit and say, who else is doing this with this platform? Oh, oh, and I agree with that point. And that's why I know how important it is, and you need to give credit where credit is due. I'm talking, let's let's look at it in the context of all the Beatles albums, because it's not really fair to pick this one out specifically and say, well, Sean, if we were there in 1965, this is groundbreaking stuff. Yes, I know. However, we have a revolver coming after. We have an Abbey Road. We have... 50 years of of music after mm -hmm. this that has I, been influenced by this and it's just some of it i don't think is as good as other beatles albums i think i also think you picked the wrong worst songs to me the worst songs on here are easy they're what it's what goes on what goes on too the yeah. ringo country song yeah. yeah wait which is a forgettable help holdover and run for your life which is kind of john writing a song that's like not really in his spirit but it was kind of a rushed thing I, l listen See, and I that's... think this is what I think. My, I think like because you like help better than Rubber Soul. Oh, I do, yeah. Which I think is kind of crazy because I feel like what's happened is you've listened to them all very much, 
You've listened to them all a lot. And and help has presented itself as more of a novel pick. It's a little bit it, it it's more it, there's it's less touted, so it has less to prove. And I think that honestly, if you look at help and really objectively view it, you've got Dizzy Miss Lizzie on there. Yeah. You got like Tell Me What You See. I know? like Tell Me What You See. Hey, listen, I like every Beatles song. I like it. But if we're gonna pick it apart, you gotta act naturally on there, which is fine. I actually like it better than what goes on. But they wrote what goes on. And look, I'm not trashing help. I think help's really strong. I think Rubber Soul has more to prove given its reputation, and maybe for you didn't stack up as much as that, help, which has nothing to prove. And you you kind of just made my argument for me. We're talking most overrated. It's not which is, it's not yeah. necessarily which album's better. No, 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 but you're you're saying you help is better. I do, but that's not the argument here. The argument is which one is more overrated. I'm saying you underrate it even too much. Okay. I All think right. you underrate it even okay. too much. I'll give you that. But I, I, I think I think you'd be surprised how many people probably agree with that rubber soul argument. That listen, I then that's fine. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. I just think, I mean, I think the stuff on this album is great. I, I especially don't understand the gripe with girl. I think that song is so good. I just such a cool melody. The harmonies on it. It's so nice. It's just it's, has a nice vibe. For me, I just I don't know, man. One of my favorite just John vocal performances. Not even his lyrics. The Honestly, vocal performance. I was listening to the Beatles catalog backwards yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. When I got to Rubber Soul, I lost steam on it. I was like, I don't, I'm not feeling this anymore. Because, dude, honestly, I remember specifically, I got to Girl. I'm like, ah, how many songs are left on here? I'm like, I still have five songs left. Like, dude, you is... have, I'm looking through you I and know, in my life next. I know. And that made Great it better. Songs. I know. I know. I know. And I, hey, I agree with that. And I need to talk about all the reasons I love it, which I guess I won't get into. I mean, let's, I want to hear your, your most overrated. Okay. All right. I'm actually really interested by this. Okay. I'm sure the listeners are too. So, my most overrated Beatles album, um, <clears throat> I won't beat around the bush, it's the highly touted, highly respected, best album of all time by Rolling Stone, um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I just think, look, <clears throat> it's a great album, there's some great songs on here. I, I love Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I love Getting Better, I love Fixing a Hole. I, I really, I, I'd be hard pressed to find a song in this album I don't like. Some of the trappings of it, the framing of it, the kind of the little the 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 story that's going on with Billy Shears and the band, I don't really care. It doesn't interest me that much as a modern listener, and I think that Sergeant Pepper doesn't age impeccably. It ages decently. It's a good listen. It's a it's a great great album. It doesn't age perfectly. I am going to second that that sentiment with the i i think the framing with the sergeant pepper intro and stuff it's either i've listened too much and i'm tired of it or it's just lame i i don't know which one it actually is the problem is is that sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band has a song is like not that memorable and it's on there twice it's on there twice with a reprise i get what they're going for and here's but here's the argument to be like that you could sort of throw at me is that this is the birth of the concept album. This is the birth of psychedelia in full during the summer of 67, which was the height of psychedelic yeah. just lore. Um, and and you could just also throw at me the great songs on here. There's still <laughs> amazing know. songwriting going on here. The production is like nothing anyone right. had ever heard before. And it's you don't really hear stuff like this anymore anyways. Is it dated? Yeah, because I think everything from that summer got dated. I mean, look at like... The Stones came out with their Satanic Majesty's Request. The Who came out with the Who Sell Out, which doesn't hold up to me that well. Oh, no. 
I actually, yeah, that's that's a whole nother conversation we could have just about most overrated albums in general. So here's my question, because it seems like you also agree that this is overrated it's generally. My, it's my second most overrated. Why? Okay, so explain to me why it is more, less overrated than Rubber Soul. Because I think the, Being an album that is more highly rated. I know, I know. Because I think, in my opinion, Sgt. Pepper is... It's not. It's just not as highly overrated. I like it a lot. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. I think it's a little overrated. Mm. I think Rubber Soul is very overrated. That's just the... That's that's the argument. There. Very overrated. Over overrated is like a stone. It's like a. I, I know sword it doesn't. My heart. I, it hurts me. It's just. I mean, dude. Okay. A day in the life. Amazing. It's great. It's Lucy great. in the Sky with Diamonds. It's great. Benefit I, of I'm Mr. Not, Kite. I'm not trashing. Sergeant Lovely Pepper. Rita. Like, dude. Okay. First of all, Benefit of Mr. Kite, which you just threw in there, is one of my least favorite I, Beatles yeah, songs. I, know, I, know. I don't care about the circus thing. I know, Listen, I like I the story behind the song better than the song. It's kind of annoying. Has that like it? I don't like circus music. I don't care about. <laughs> I don't it. think anyone likes. No one likes. Dude, the circus music. is scary to most people. It is scary. It I don't want to listen to. Benefit of Mr. Kite is like while it's catchy, it has like an interesting idea. I think that's the problem with this album, is that there's not enough in the way of just songs. There's more ideas that are sounded cool, have cool little stories, have cool that are cool as concepts. It's more concept than substance. I'll give. Hey, I think that's a fan. I think it's a great argument. You're and, right. You're right. It is. When you're like, because like it's, I think it's harder to pick out individual songs from this album where you're just like, yeah, I want, I can listen to that one kind of by itself. You could do it with like a day in the life, lovely Rita, probably Lucy in the sky. I, I can do it with getting better and fixing a hole. Okay, it, the rest of them they kind of are. But dude, I'm not listening to Sergeant Pepper either of them on their own. Hell no. I'm probably not with a little help from my friends. No. I'm not listening to the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Good morning, good morning. I'm also not listening to myself. Good morning, good morning, I think is... And here's the other thing. We were talking about this the other day. Like, Sgt. Pepper is, like, from start to finish, not... Well, not fully, but it's it's essentially a Paul album. Yeah. Because, like, all of the... So Sgt. Pepper, that whole thing was his idea. Like, the idea of this, like, fake band. Um, I think that song's his. I think he and John co-wrote with a little help from my friends. Then you got John with Lucy in the Sky, one of the best on the album. But then Paul comes in... He wrote Getting Better. He wrote Fixing a Hole. He wrote She's Leaving Home. Then John comes in with Mr. Kite, yeah. which I don't care about. Then you got George Within You Within You, Without You, which I love. Paul with When I'm 64. Paul with Lovely Rita. Then you got John with Good Morning, Good Morning, which is like another sort of forgettable it Lennon is. attempt. It is. And then Sergeant Pepper is reprised. And then we end with A Day in the Life, which is John's saving grace here. Because yeah. you got Lucy in the Sky and you have A Day in the Life. And A Day in the Life is the best song on the album. It is, it's mostly far. a John effort. And the John part is the best part. It is. And and it, you, it, many people have written that it is. And you could definitely argue it's the best Beatles song. It's not my favorite. You could say it's the best Beatles song. If someone made that argument, I wouldn't begrudge them. I'd say, I love that pick. Yeah. You know. Because it's it's the best. It's They're being studio innovators. They're writing songs interestingly, and they're collaborating in a way that is both. It's there's very much Lennon in here. There's a lot of McCartney in here, and they're yep. collaborating by literally smashing it together. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, look, I have no problem with Sgt. Pepper. I listen to it. I I love right. this album. Right. But it's the Beatles, and it's one of their best. But it's just to me, it's I think it's overrated. Quickly before we move on to most underrated, two songs that I think kind of get passed over a lot on this that have actually I've grown to love are Within You, Without You. And she's leaving home. I think she's leaving home is beautiful. I agree. I agree with both of those. And with um, within you, without you, is I think George's best Indian effort. So you I have, would agree. You have love you too. 
you have within you without you you have the inner light what are there I other... think that's his most fully realized yeah. sitar track and, and he, he it seems like he finally is like I get what hey, this is all about now and we can't understate the fact that George Harrison on this album is given first of all it's an experimental track it's an experimental album but it's five full minutes. Mm. It's a five-minute track. Yeah. Like the Beatles, like most that's songs, are like two to three. You got one other five-minute on here, which is "Day in the Life." But that's Paul and John. They had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. Right. They barely let George pick up the scraps, and here he's given five full minutes on the on, you know right in the heart of the album. Yep. Um, and that song's great. And I agree. She's leaving home is beautiful. And you get another nice performance with John and Paul singing over each other. Yes. Really nice. Yes. Really nice. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper. I need a I, lozenge. I, I would agree. Um, so if we hop into most underrated, I think Jake kind of alluded to mine already. We'll quickly go over it. Mine's help. I think help is criminally underrated. Listen to the strength of tracks you have on here, Jake. You have help. You have, you've got to hide your love away. The night before. You have the night before. You have ticket to ride. You know, I think towards the end too. Well, yes, I will. I will give you that, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Dizzy Miss Lizzie is not strong. Dude, the end of I've Just Seen a Face in Yesterday, I think are fantastic. Then it closes out with Dizzy Miss Lizzie. I know, and that goes, and, but, back, but, that goes back to that trend you were talking about where they would throw in these, like, pff, these covers that, like, no one really cares about or wants. How about you get rid of Dizzy Miss Lizzie and you throw in... Or just end um, it on yesterday. We Can Work It Out. or like It hadn't come out yet. Or something else from that. Some, an original. Yeah. That's, or end yeah. it on yesterday. We yeah, need or another... just end there. Yeah, I, so listen, I, I think I agree with you that it's the most under, underrated Beatles album. I love Help. Um, do I like it better than Rubber Soul? I don't. But I, I still love it. Like, so you agree that this is, this is most underrated. Well, I think I agree, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring another one up for the sake of discussion. But I, I think it's definitely either one or two most underrated. Um, the one thing that is a little bit of a detractor to me is like, this is one of their movie albums, which I guess is so is the other underrated one I'm going to bring up. But I don't know how much of the like I don't I I could be wrong, but I think yesterday and um, like Ticket to Ride, I think some of those were also singles that they threw on here. I guess it doesn't matter. It, it stands up as an album overall. Um, but yeah, like like you said, like song for song, it's as you could say it's as strong as Rubber Soul, where I think. It's not as great as it's the it's the flow of the overall feel. I think on Rubber Soul they're moving towards a feel of an album. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I will give you that. Help feels a little pieced together. Disjointed. However, talking about Help has made me want to listen to Help. Talking about Rubber Soul only reminded me how much I just don't really want to listen to that album that I much. I feel like I feel like you're at this point you're doing like the so not into it. Just, I might be. Just I to, might be. Just to do it and I to might. be able to say it. I might. No, because I feel like. No one can... I feel like at this point you actively dislike Rubber Soul. That's not true. Which would be crazy. That's not true. It's still on my top 100 albums of all time. All right. Which so, just so goes help. to show. So Help. You've got the title track, Help. Great song. Yep. The Night Before is one of my all-time favorite McCartney songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you Gotta Hide Your Love Away. Awesome from John. You're Gonna Lose That Girl. Another great melody. Ticket to Ride is catchy as hell. I've Just Seen a Face. Ditto. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's a great song. I mean, I think maybe you lose a little steam with You Like Me Too Much. You do. You lose a little steam with Tell Me What You See. You yeah. lose a little uh, steam with Dizzy Miss Lizzie. You do. Um, and I think you also lose some of the weight and some of them like experimenting with some new sounds. 
but they're definitely at the height of their ability to write melody and mm-hmm. to write just pop. They're, it's I, an incredibly yeah. strong album. I agree. And it gets kind of looked over, I think, because what comes next, Rubber Soul, yeah. which, you know, and then obviously you go on that string of just crazy right. strong albums. So I think this one gets a little bit overlooked, um, and is why it's my my, my most uh, underrated. Jake, yeah. what is yours, just for the sake of... So I'll, I'll call Help, for the sake of argument, my second most underrated. I'm going to say A Hard Day's Night. Okay. Because yep. A Hard Day's Night is filled just it 13 tracks which is one less than their usual they usually went 14 but this album is like it's a quick listen and um it it's just awesome it's like the height of beatlemania and they're writing just pop gems you start with a hard day's night one of their best sort of mop top day songs then you got i should have known better also great song if i fell like that that's like looking ahead to some of the harmony stuff they're gonna do later um, happy just to dance with you is iffy. It's a pretty, it's catchy enough. And I love her is great. Tell me why is great. Can't buy me love was a hit. Um, anytime at all, I'll cry instead. Things we said today, all catchy. Like the, as I look through the track listing, like if I want to pop on an early I Beatles was just gonna say album, that. if I want to pop on an album, an album of early Beatles music just to listen to, it might be hard days night because it's a breezy listen. It's quick and you get sort of just the vibe of them at the height of the frenzy of Beatlemania. I was just going to say that too. It's like, that's the one you're going to go to if you're in the mood for that type of Beatles uh, with the exception of probably some tracks from, from some of their other albums. So I I would agree with you on that. I I think that one is probably a little bit underrated. Um, So I think we can wrap up our, our talk about Beatles discography with, our last prop bet, which is what is their best album title, Jake? This is difficult. This, this is really tough because they again they have a lot of cool album titles. They have some awesome album titles. I I have mine off the top of my head. And you shoot. I think again it's Revolver. <laughs> I think it's Revolver. It works. It's. It's one of those double entendres that they had going with Rubber Soul and Revolver. I feel like they kind of started going down this path of like, we're going to do all of our album titles this way. They just did it with those two. I think Revolver is really clever. It also, and this just might be might be me kind of trying to attach this whole th- vibe to, to the title and the cover. I think Revolver... Somehow the title just fits with the whole sound in in cover that they're going for yeah. there. Um, you know, obviously it's uh, it could be construed as a gun. It could also be construed as a an LP revolving around a turntable. Um, Can I just say that as a one two punch of albums coming out back to back, Rubber Soul and Revolver, that sells itself. That sounds so it, cool it together. Does. It sounds awesome. They came out back to back, and like those, both those titles are so great. Both the covers are so great. They are, and I, my honestly, as much hate as I throw on Rubber Soul, that's my second favorite album album title. I think. So. I think that's exactly how I do it. I think it's Revolver One narrowly ahead of Rubber Soul. Yeah. They're both they're both evocative of what you're going to get into. Yep. They're both just cool names. Doesn't hurt that there's an alliteration there with the R's. True. And true. when you can, you can. You can prattle out. I like Rubber Soul Revolver. It, like, it just sounds good it, together. Yeah, it does. Sounds like, and even George Harrison himself, like once said that he feels like Rubber Soul and Revolver may as well have been like the same album. He feels like they, it was like one sort of wave of creativity mm-hmm. in their career. So I will just quickly say, we'll also do our least favorite 
Uh, I think Let It Be is also up there in that conversation. Yeah. I think it's just, first of all, it's a cool just kind of phrase mm-hmm. that people, you know, maybe you could... It's kind, it's kind of in the same vein as, as Kurt Vonnegut's So It Goes. Like, yeah. it's... I mean, I think it's kind of the same Has deal. A, it's a really cool name. Yeah. Um. So what is your least favorite? I think mine's easy. Before I jump into my least favorite, I'm actually going to say that I think another one that actually is really cool, like I argued before with the cover, is just The Beatles. Yeah. And the reason it's cool is not because of the name itself. It's because I think it's a big-time power move to release at the height of your fame like later in your career when you don't need to anymore an album just called your band's name it's not your, like you don't need to release a self-titled name and they throw out a, an album just called the beatles it's, it's kind of cocky it's it is and that's why move. i love it okay I my like least favorites i have two so my my least favorite i'm gonna say is with the beatles i think it's just boring it's bland it, no thought went into it i actually like the american name of the album meet the beatles better because at least you get like a little bit of a rhyme it just sounds better with the beatles sounds so bland I, I'll give you that. I'm uh, the one I'm gonna mention is Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. I, it's uh, the whole album cover, that whole shtick. I I don't like it. The, the shtick is too much. It's over the top. It's like oh, um, let's recreate what we just did on Sgt. Pepper with this psychedelic it, thing, except it comes across as disingenuous. Well, the thing is, is Magical Mystery Tour as an album, it's like really that movie, and then yeah, they threw in some singles. Right. It, really, it, only half of it was created for the movie. Yeah, it doesn't it, feel. It, just, it doesn't feel good. It's not one of their best albums. It's not one of their best album covers. It's you could argue it's one of the weakest in their discography. Yeah. Do I enjoy listening to it? Yeah, there's some great yeah. stuff on there. Yeah, I actually like the song Magical Mystery Tour. I like, you know, your mother should know. But anyways, the cover is, well, we're talking about the title. Yeah, it's kind of a lame title. title yeah, I don't like it the title. It seems like it's, it's trying too hard. Because, yeah, it goes back to like, well, we have this movie. We're trying, dude, magical mystery tour. Try harder to invoke the same psychedelic trappings of a Sgt. Pepper or yeah. what that whole summer was about. Uh, like, it's it just, it screams trying too hard. It screams going back to the well. It screams beating a dead horse. It, it... Which, and I think is perfect for the minimalism that you get with the White Album after. I think they're like, okay, we're going to go in the opposite direction here because we and, have to. And for anyone who doesn't know, because I realize I probably should have clarified, the White Album is just called The Beatles. You've probably heard oh, about yeah. it called, that's the one I was talking about when I said a self-titled album. Like, the White Album isn't called The White Album. It's called just The Beatles. Right. That's the name of that album. Right. Um, but I think. But here's one interesting thing about Magical Mystery Tour. It's like, it's definitely a weaker album, and it was a bad movie, straight up bad movie. Mm. It's Never, fun to uh, yeah. it's fun to watch if you like love the Beatles, but it's 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 a bad movie. That being said, listen to just like the songs they're coming out with. They both Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour, are both nineteen sixty seven. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Getting Better, Fixing a Hole, She's Leaving Home, A Day in the Life, um, Lovely Rita, and then you have like um, The Fool on the Hill. Your mother should know. Uh, Baby, you're a rich man. Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields Forever, all came out in '67. That's crazy. Yeah, what no, a str- it is. What a run. I, what a and those, are, those are from the two to two albums. What yep. a run of of success with those. Big time. Yeah, you can't argue that. Um, so I think that about wraps it up for our conversation about the Beatles discography. Um, you know, we we went over best album, worst album, underrated, overrated. Talked about best covers, best titles. This is something we're probably going to be doing again. Albeit in less detail, I'm sure, because there's certain disc. I don't think we can. Maybe with the exception of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I Zeppelin, don't, we could. Do. I don't know that we can dive into a discography. There aren't as detailed as we can with this one. No, because there aren't any that are as self-contained. There right. are few 
catalogs by bands that are as they started during this year and then they ended here and that yep. just was it. That's and, what happened with the and, Beatles. And we're going to do this for, for modern music as well too. Right. So, um, you know, if there's any that you'd love to see uh, and hear us talk about, leave a comment on on the on the podcast on SoundCloud. Um, until then, that's pretty much it. We're going to be working on getting a new website up as well as um, some Twitter, some social media interaction we can get going there but other than that thank you for listening to the listen in podcast thanks everybody mistake to not have that i'll start it again unique new york unique new york unique new york unique toy boat <laughs> you know sean i'm actually kind of a new york expert since my trip i know you are jake since my bright lights big city big apple all right are we ready nothing defines me better i'm ready all right three two one